This episode of Classically Black Podcast is sponsored by Unclassified. Unclassified curates playlists for the curious classical listener. Whether you're wanting to hear Higdon during a hike or prep for a big test with Florence Price, you can stream the perfect playlist for any moment. Learn more at unclassified.com and let's start the show. It's Delaney and it's Katie. Oh, and this is classically black. <laughs> You're right, trying to be <laughs> Where we talk all this classical music and being black in the profession with chat beats playing in the background. Okay, did not lean in and listen for my line. You're honestly, ugh. <laughs> Glad you remembered. <laughs> is this what episode? Is this? I was gonna say it's episode seventy, but but it's not right. Seventy one. Yeah, 71. Your guess is as good as mine. It's 71, because you just did. Yeah. Episode 71. Hurrah. 72, if you count. Oh, my God. So we lost. We almost had another one of those. Well, that's not true. (laughs) But shout out to y'all who hung out through episode 69. That was trifling. (laughs) In taste. Of this this franchise. It's not a franchise. (laughs) franchise what, what would a franchise even look like weird it would that doesn't even work right it was if there was a classically black after dark and oh when i think of a franchise i think of like how like how you can buy like fast food restaurants mm-hmm. like that like when something is a franchise and like you own that chick-fil-a and like you run it but oh it's, that's not what i was thinking yeah so i was like how that mm. work but yeah it's a different thing maybe if we get a patreon i still wouldn't do it classical music is too small what so we go from our listeners to what half that we would still get in trouble we still wouldn't get hired there's no point in having a patreon where we just you got to be friends with us and you'll hear all of our terrible jokes <laughs> right the stuff the stuff half the stuff when we'd be like I'm not gonna say that with the mic's on. Like, <laughs> like you did that. It's gotta be friends with us, and then you'll hear you. But it's not gonna be on record. You can go pull it up. Minute right. four and thirty-eight seconds. Katie said this. Super good. But we back in it again with the back in it again. Period. Period. Okay, I haven't so. said it in so long. And we were wow, happy about I it. Wow, I missed it. Oh, hold on. Wow. Period. Oh, oh <laughs> Wait, when I said tomorrow that one time, I said period backwards. I used that. I got right down. D-R-E-P. Why are we doing this? This is ridiculous. Um, The news. Um, bad news first, as always. Um, how I do that? A Canadian Aww, someone's string broke. Something broke. Um, a Canadian pianist, um, Angela Hewitt, is very upset. <gasps> so I saw so, that. Yeah. What the heck? Um, when piano movers dropped her piano, her grand piano, piano movers. They dropped it and it was damaged beyond repair. I'm like, so how you drop this where it's dam- beyond repair? Where the person, like, it was Fazioli piano, and the guy Fazioli himself came and was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> we ain't nothing we could do. I'm like, he couldn't do anything. The make. Dang, must be like, you know, them cartoon moments where they would be moving the piano outside the apartment, but it falls down. Is that I'm what like, happened? How, how, what? And I was like, wasn't it like, 200 bands for the piano yeah it was a very expensive piano she's had it um since 2003 she's done a lot of recordings on it like it's Aww. really like a prized possession like she wrote this whole thing i mean it'll be in a thing that i like it's like four paragraphs long of like how she like waited for a, you know like a long time for like over a week to even 
say it publicly because she was just like so distraught like yeah how do you i just don't understand how how y'all lifting it up above your head and also like y'all supposed to be y'all know how to do this y'all are piano movers and apparently in their like two decades or whatever of moving pianos this has never happened before but i'm like how y'all played the wrong piano to like this this is the one y'all drop and I don't, it, I don't even know what to say to that. I feel bad for her. Yeah, I feel terrible. Like, I'm, I just don't understand how this happened. Did y'all drop it down the stairs? Like, I don't know. I've only seen people move a piano once. I'm just confused. Like, do you move? You move it in parts, right? Yeah. So you you dropped all the parts. Um. So the iron frame was broken. You um, broke iron. And the they said much of the structure and the action, um, and also the lid and other parts of the case. So everything, so, <laughs> so everything was broken. And I'm like, so did they buy her another piano? Or I mean, I guess it's not the, the same, but like, yeah, I would sue you. I would sue you for that amount of money. Yeah, because I'm like, apparently these are these piano movers been around for 35 years. Not no more. Right? Could you imagine? They don't say who it was. How come? Cause they wouldn't like. I mean, you would have to need that piano out today in order to call them. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably what she needed. <laughs> no, I mean like in order to call the, those piano movers after this. If I find out you dropped and broke her piano beyond repair, you're not, not coming anywhere near my piano. Yeah, I will link the name. It's probably a lawsuit. She'll be a fool not to um to sue them for the amount of the piano and pain and suffering. Cause you have to, I imagine it's the same as us. Like you have to get to know a new piano, right? Yeah, I think because there's like you know it's like the, different, the, right? the keys react differently mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was like her prized possession. I feel terrible for her. And someone um, broke the most expensive thing you own. That's worth that's worth the the cost of a house. You know how big, you know how big your house is in Rochester if you have two hundred bands. Like you know how big your house is, like for real. I was listening to my yeah. stories talk about it. Like it's, I was shocked yeah. about how much, how far that goes here. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, because I remember looking. Like, um, <clears throat> I was, I was looking just to be curious. Mm-hmm. I be doing that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and just dumb shit. Uh, Especially like nice, like not even be like you're not even in the hood. It's like Nineteenth mm-hmm. Ward here in Rochester. Yeah, get a house for like ninety five k. Right. And that's like so my mom then she was like I was like yeah you should buy property out here whatever whatever and she was like yeah but you had to live in Rochester so <laughs> I mean very true but what you trade for hellacious God neglected winters you get for beautiful summers yeah that's worth it to you it would be it's not RPO. worth it to me but I'm also from California it's so all like if I was an RPO it'd be worth it to me yeah I, I can see that so but um. Yeah, I'm okay. But also, ain't nobody offered me no job that would allow me to buy that house, so. Right. <laughs> I, I I also do not have 95 bands, so. Whew. Well, I hope that she gets all her coins um, from the heck and those people. Sucks. Um, You should have linked the name. See, that's, people classical music, they're petty in the wrong ways. <laughs> Like they'll be like, nice start on that. But you this is the time that you link you at. So because you want when, what if your one of your colleagues uses it? Right. They go tell them to after. When they when they their stuff look like an episode time and Jerry as well. So all right, so moving on. Um giving a shout out to our friend Kaylin. Um if y'all Is she the news? Yeah, I said I was gonna. I said I was gonna put that in the news. Harry. Um, if y'all saw circulating around Valentine's Day, there was a violinist <clears throat> that Quavo hired to play for Sweetie. Um, and I do kind of like that song. What? Oh, lyrics. That's my type. That's my type. And that's about it. Um. Yeah, but um, that was our friend Caitlin. She was our Black Excellence and a guest on the show a long, long time ago. In our humble beginnings, still humble, We're still in them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we she sat right here at my mm-hmm. kitchen table, so uh, right. <laughs> we still here. So, 
Um, yeah, but um, Caitlin was playing. I'm like, listen. I was just like, I don't know. And you know, I'm gassing. I'm like, Quavo call you person, no delete. <laughs> Man, she was on the shade room on everybody's story comments. You know, I go to the comments. Comments were buzzing. Oh, really? <laughs> Somebody was like, because you know, there's a video. We both suck. There's a video of um her looking like all surprised at her, like playing, like oh my god, you know. She was really cute about it. And somebody said, someone said she just surprised somebody knows her music. <laughs> Wow, that is not okay. That's so mean. People are just. I was like, she was like, yeah. Aww. Some of the comments, and I was like, uh, people are bitter. Guess what? You once you really what? Somebody, what people find something bad to say about anything? Yeah, about everything. Like people are like that's too loud for me. I'm like, y'all are just mad because y'all got a text on the fifteenth. Okay, <laughs> that's what you're mad about. You know what you're mad about? You said your man told you that you had to work. He had to work late. You believed him. That's what you mad about, sis. <laughs> so stay mad. Not like too loud for me. Why? Like, come on. That's that's math off. Especially Quavo. I'm, first of all, what did that conversation even go like? You know what I'm saying? I want to buy a new man. You know what I'm saying? And his manager made it happen. That's so. I'm I'm so proud of her. Like, what the heck? Right. Come on, celebrity. I told her I was like, when you when you meet Offset, because you will. I want you to think of me in that moment. Like, I know it's self, a selfish request. I'm not asking for a photo. I don't want you to say, my girl Katie loves you. I don't want none of that. I just want you to think of me. And Offset is our leader. I mean, the the baby followed by Offset. Offset is great. Our leader. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'll vote Offset for president. I mean, at this point, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Anyone goes. And you have advisors. Is he not running the country? I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know leader of what. But... <laughs> I don't know. Any, anything. I guess so. I mean, yeah, anything does go these days. So. Yeah, you went to the you went to orchestra, you saw offset on the podium, what would you do? Hmm? You went to orchestra one day, just over there at Eastman Theater. Offset was on the podium. Period. You'll be the only one who knows who he is. Think so? Yeah, Offset? Yeah, probably. And you lose your mind and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Offset? I feel like Offset is like. Right, they call him Purple Safety. Yeah, Offset's good and like. Offset's a little tucked in from the. Because he's certainly mainstream for sure. Like, that is a mainstream artist. But I just feel like. Is Migos one of the first people you think of when rap? No, people still listen to Kanye and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I, I I like. I like good ratchet stuff. So, Let's see if he got any hot fries. That's what some we do got in common. He said that's one of his favorite trips. I was like, period. I love how his own chips aren't his favorite chips. Well, what an icon. That um, one. But shout out to Kaylin Perry. Right there, you go. Um, speaking of Valentine's <laughs> Day, I'm sure you guys all saw the proposal that happened on stage at the Philadelphia Orchestra concert. Oof. Okay, it I was, thought you were gonna be because you know you like. Oh, I love love. I thought it was. I thought it was amazing. Oh, okay. like that was that was very cute. But I just I I picture like how I would feel. You, yeah, that's I mean because everyone does that. You put like what do you what would I be like in X Y Z situation? And I'll be like I would dissolve in front of the orchestra but also my husband would never propose to me like that or we wouldn't be getting married because that means you don't know me you can imagine me i embarrass easily so not only it's my colleagues but then it's a, and it's audience i'm excited i could be slipping him the note saying okay you would love this <laughs> she's always the super bowl put it on the megatron <laughs> Because I guess the people in your immediate area would see you, but on the Megatron, if you're in a uh, Super Bowl stadium, like how many people actually know where you are? You know? Yeah, but if if he set it up, I'm gonna say something terrible. If he set it up so that they know where I'm sitting, so I can be up on the Megatron, spotlight, spotlight, dead silence, (laughs) flash mob, I will kill him. (laughs) Um. Yeah, but um. At the Philadelphia Orchestra concert, uh, trumpeter uh, Tony Prisk um, 
proposed to his girlfriend, now fiance, a violinist Julia Lee, um, before the concert. It started out with like a announcement, a standard announcement, like turn your phone, to- turn your phones off, and all that. And then he was like, um, but you might want to turn them on and start recording right now because this isn't something you see every day. And he asked her to stand up and propose her. I remember I was I remember like being like wait I just watched it before this just in case you cared because yeah but um I was like did she know about it before but you said she had an inkling that it was gonna happen yeah she was like I had she said I had a like a sneaking suspicion but I still she was like I still cried oh of course yeah well I can't wait for your I mean that wouldn't even work you in the viola section now he you're not proposing to me at work (laughs) for one for two you're not doing it in front of all these people I would hate that. Give me a second. Katie's always told me since she was a little girl oh that God. she really wanted. My Delaney's an enemy of progress. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then the way the way she they they did like a little peck after after she put the ring on and everything. I was like, yeah, because you at work. She like, I can't do what I really want to do. <laughs> I mean, but they ain't, they ain't play after, did they? Yeah, they went off stage. I was like, yeah, imagine having to play after that. First of all, I, she probably could do it, but him would. I mean, boss, I guess. Okay, okay. Personnel manager telling them they got to get back on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but also, they set up the chair for her, so I imagine she came back. Yeah, I'm gonna take it away. Was well, Justin by that concert? Mm, I didn't see him in the video. I was kind of looking because you know, like, cool. like spotlight was- should be over there. So. <laughs> <Could> you imagine <laughs> <laughs> you freaking getting proposal with the spotlights on him. <laughs> Where it should be. Right. Permanent. So. Um probably want to go put that work in before the oh. next piece. Before the next piece. They both went. Hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the final story. Wow. Don't let me come on. Why they both leave off stage? Because it would be weird if only one of them left and then the other one continued to play. And they were both by the backstage exit like they just they also got just got engaged like, that's so i they, said they can't have okay to go finalize the marriage that's not how you do that what's the word consummate, consummate. it's this they can't consummate a marriage that doesn't exist now i do no it doesn't they're not married they're engaged they finna be okay <laughs> you know what katie just because you just cause we don't know what you be doing in the in the backstage uh dressing room don't whoa whoa and i tried to and i tried to move on but no 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 it's not a type of podcast now it's not that type of podcast put that work in what if he was doing scales yeah okay we'll just drop it over there on the stand in the back of the room i don't know where his trumpet was all right so let's move on because this is clearly going nowhere (laughs) nowhere good at least (laughs) i don't know where that trumpet was okay let me see how Katie utilizes instruments. So, um, you suck for that. Never mind. <laughs> see, I feel yeah, like go. we gotta go. So, last but not least, <laughs> last but not least, um, the for those of y'all who are in my neck of the woods in LA, the Los Angeles Philharmonic, um, their Power to the People Festival is coming up March fifth through April eleventh. Um, it's a festival celebrating the role that artists have played um, in advancing social change and civil rights um, and other humanitarian causes. It's going to um, feature music from different genres, not just it's classical. The LA mm-hmm. Why do the other girls even show up at this point? <laughs> <laughs> they are embarrassing everyone. Um, Give up. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> no, for real. So the other, having, other ones even trying. They're having a bunch of... Um, they're not. Okay, a bunch of different um events from like i said march 5th to april 11th um i'm gonna give some of the highlights um herbie hancock who is he performs with them all the time um let's see who else yolanda adams is gonna <gasps> be, um there on march 8th i'll say you know yolanda, yolanda adams can just sing period that's the yeah. thing about her like yeah she's a gospel artist but like she does people invite her everywhere because she could just sing yeah because it says the queen of contemporary gospel music joins the la field in a joyous celebration of the spirit okay yeah. them having urshers and a communion <laughs> and um. all to call <laughs> okay everyone the lord is calling you come down to the orchestra pit right um who else terrence blankard Blankard, I always butcher his name. Um, 
but yeah i mean he's written a bunch they're also doing a well we know how you feel about movie things but they're doing um the music um the movie music of spike lee um a lot of which terrence blanker wrote um that's only one of the events that they're doing with him another person they had when i was like i really really wish i could be there is dr angela davis what who Nothing. Say offset. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Angela Davis. <laughs> I'm at the O. <laughs> oh, it's just Doctor Angela Davis. <laughs> just a legend. Oh well. <laughs> um, which I'm just like y'all got Angela Davis. That's crazy. Yeah. And, like to speak like that's how you know like they're going beyond just the stage like yeah um so she's talking um her talk is titled power to the imagination the role of art and creativity and social change um that's on march 18th um yeah but there's also a lot of other events those are just like some of the highlights some people that we know here um classically black there's also do you know wesley morris he sounds familiar but Mm-mm. okay he's gonna be at the california um american african-american museum mm-hmm. that's where one of the uh one of the events is he's he's doing an event there um which by the way that museum has come a long way because last time i was there <laughs> you said it was like gum on a rapper it was, was terrible but they're doing so much now mm-hmm. i'm like i really all that time i was back home i never went back because dumb far but mm-hmm. like um <clears throat> yeah so that's going on in la i really wish really really wish i was home for this i was just about to ask you are you going to the angela davis thing what day is that it's on a wednesday night oh so, no. yeah the yolanda adams thing is on a sunday afternoon of course they're trying to get church folk come, right. come straight from church <laughs> to here. Too. people on know sunday. see i bet you that's gonna be sold out of course um they know what they're doing yeah so yeah um i'll link that obviously so y'all can see all the other um events that are going on other black things some non-black things but it's classic black podcast so other black things um going on so i will link the page to i mean the event page and intermission yep (laughs) (laughs) which way does the show go okay okay y'all so it's time for the intermission and um for today's trifling tidbit tuesday there's a video on our Instagram of B Simone, who is an Instagram comedian. I think that's what she does. She does a bunch of stuff. She sells lip gloss. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she do. She got a lip gloss. But I think she. I think what. Like, yeah, she's an Instagram comedian, and I think one of her one of the aspects of her earliest videos was her putting on lip lip gloss. I think that's why she sells lip gloss. And then Pretty V, who I freaking love. She's just a lunatic. Like honestly, she's 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 just moronic like she does all these videos be simone pretty v who's also instagram comedian the whole point is that they're cracking up about something but like they laughing so hard they can't <laughs> that's how people know it's authentic like we really just talking <laughs> they're cracking up about something they cannot breathe about so i put the caption like that one friend you cannot sit next to in a concert and I was I thought it'd be fun and Delaney and I talked about either a moment that happened in the classical music concert because I said like the funniest stuff be happening like during like the second movement when it be dumb quiet and all you could hear is <laughs> like because you can't freaking breathe because it'd be whatever happened be so funny like <laughs> so I either tell me the person you cannot sit next to in a concert or and or a hilarious moment that happened during a concert like when you were in the audience i like how you said and or like it's just gonna be one thing there's <laughs> <laughs> multiple people um you okay you okay you well, tagged me but it's not like every it's not we can't like okay well, yeah, yeah i'm just you... saying i just want to clarify people we we classical music podcast but we we can't know how to sit in the <laughs> yeah. you know, thing like i mean we can yeah yeah um, yeah. um i have one for i have moments for you i have one for julicia <laughs> no i forgot about that julicia moment that was and ridiculous. also you reminded me richard yo <laughs> I can't do richard it. is my part let's start there richard is one like you i can but like sometimes richard i can't i i i actually said <laughs> i can't do it this last time i said i would never sit next to richard again i don't care opposite side of this of the hall i cannot <laughs> sit next to him he is 
insufferable. And the thing is, one of the things I can't I can't say it because you need to be able to see me in order to see like the I like I can't speak it on the mic because it's it's a visual thing. And the thing with Richard, like it's not like it's slick. You be like that is mad funny. Like we were at a concert with Richard and the horn player. I think he made one mistake. No, was, he made the thing was he had he had been making little mistakes. Okay, and then he made one more and finally, <laughs> and Richard just take the program and open it immediately, like looking for the name. And like that don't sound funny, but it's like you have to be there when you the way he just took the he, program. He whipped it around. It made right. a sound. It made a sound. <laughs> How quick? He, no, he was like. <laughs> it whipped the program around at the exact second that he made the mistake so that you knew he was starting around right and say, who is this <laughs> and, and mind you the hall is dead silent we're in the middle of them <laughs> and i'm trying to catch my breath like it was you have to sometimes you have to be in the moment but it was so funny oh my gosh there was uh another richer one so a performer came out on stage Former came out on stage and like that's the one you were talking about where like is that the one where he you kind of got to see it oh you're talking about the one where he Ugh. like looked at, oh okay never mind we could we could leave that one because that one just the way he you just gotta see <laughs> but then okay so the performer was wearing something oh this is the other one see this so oh many. i said you're talking about okay okay, okay. i was talking about the no, okay <laughs> but this one the performer was wearing something interesting <laughs> richard <laughs> Richard freaking <laughs> look at the performer <laughs> bust out laughing like full head back cat <laughs> and the only reason why he was able to do it because there was like thunderous applause for this person coming out on stage <laughs> all you hear is Richard <laughs> and, the, and the thing was I saw the person and I knew and Richard was on my right and I kind of l- because I knew, yeah, you know, it's gonna be some was, junk. He was just like, <laughs> I was like, he sucks. <laughs> he can't take him nowhere. Oh my god! I need, god. A, I don't know what, like a five hundred foot radius. I, I'm not, I can't do it anymore. It's not even worth it. Like, <laughs> he'll have to say, slicks up under his breath. Like I've been, man, this junk is stupid. Like just like, <laughs> he's terrible. You said the thing about the the Jasmine one that I thought that was I didn't even I forgot about that one. You you commented that. Okay, yeah. So we were at Jasmine's recital. Shout out to Jasmine. Period. La Jasmine. Um, right. Now it's now it's for real. So see. I'm, I mean, I'm a whole accent. Don't it don't it okay, but, but it doesn't Spanish. So la Jasmine. I mean, sorry, Jasmine. Just put an accent somewhere else. Put the accent over. You can put an accent circumflex over the A. La has me. I'm just saying in Spanish. So. Anyway. Um, yeah, we were at Jasmine's recital. And <laughs> right before she was about to play. <laughs> Katie still exists. She was like. Uh, I was like turned to Katie and she was like, why are you stand leaning like that? <laughs> and, I, and I looked and it was just like. It was leaning, like it was like the leanest hour piece. It, it was like, leaning. I'm like, I, I was like, she don't notice that I'm leaning, like, and, and the fact that she said that, and then when I saw it, I like kind of laughed, and then that was right when she started, Damn. so it made it even funnier because I was like, okay, I really cannot bust out laughing. She just started her piece, like, I, I'm just. Sometimes it's better to just go to concerts alone. I mean, but the delusion one wasn't that bad because at least we were like at the Hollywood, but it still be. It's so quiet. Okay, so I got my last one. I, I only had the Richard one. Huh? I only had the Richard one, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. My last one, Jaleesha. The three of us were at the Hollywood Bowl, and we were watching this woman play the Tchaikovsky violin, piano concerto. Um, So she come out with her dress on. She, you know, she, she her dress is tight as whatever, and Jaleesha go, okay then, titties sitting. <laughs> Loud. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Freaking> L.A. Phil. <laughs> You can't take black folks nowhere at all, especially not in a group. <laughs> because once one person started laughing, everybody laughing. But um, I mean, I think people have been encouraged. Like people like 
have been typing underneath the post but like you know you can go find this post if you listen to this later on let us know what happened in the concert dm us on, on ig we're really responsive um yeah let us know what's funny because right let us know who you can't who you can't sit next to just in case we, we run into them so right. we know who not sitting next to because stuff be funny stuff be <laughs> mad fun. especially <clears throat> it just be more funny when you know you can't laugh like i yeah. think that's what makes it more fun because some people probably listening like that's not I'm like but you gotta be there yeah, you also gotta be there like the jasmine thing like <laughs> i can picture the stand right now <laughs> you, i can picture it like <laughs> listen Ooh, Chile. I mean, yeah, I can't go to. I could sit next to you, but like, if one of us start, you know, it's gonna be a wrap. Yeah. But I, I mean, honestly, my foot down, my foot is down. I cannot sit next to Richard. I, Richard, yep, Richard, Richard, <laughs> all that. I cannot sit next to Richard. I refuse. <laughs> it's over. I can't. It's over. I can't. Yeah, he it's just, o- he, that, just... he had a, he blew it. That was that last concert. <laughs> Not he blew it. <laughs> that last concert was the final straw. So, period. If you're listening, Richie. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> right. Don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we are moving on. Unclassified allows you to stream curated classical music playlists for any moment. Delaney, what pieces do you think represent classical music the best? Copeland? Perhaps some Billy the Kid? If that were true, I'd lay my bass down for the final time. Okay. Well, you can find Copeland as well as many other better <laughs> greats on the best of classical playlists like Sibelius One. If you know, you know. Speaking of greats. And y'all could nevers. Welcome to Women's History Month. Start this month off right with the Need to Know Women of Classical playlist. Here you'll find compositions by T.T. Flo, Lily Boulanger, Amy Beach, and several more. You can find Unclassified's profile and playlist on major streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Deezer, and more. Learn more at unclassified.com and we are moving on. All right, y'all. So you've heard us gas Adam Sadbury, honestly, since this podcast's inception. But here we are with Adam. He took time to talk to us today. How are you, Adam? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. We are here. Um, ready to get our entire lives, and I can't wait for it. So, um, we're just gonna hop into this interview. Adam has to jet off and be popping. I mean, as you can imagine, that's look, wrong. Look, it's I, not true. I'm I'm really just here to play the flute, n- nothing else. I'm I'm just sitting and and tooting and fluting, and that's that's all I'm trying that's, to do. That's real cute that you think that's what you do. Okay, <laughs> so let's just jump into the questions. First one is. Tell us about yourself. Tell us how, uh, like, who you are. Just give an introduction because a lot of people, this is like their first time listening. We just want to make sure people know who you are, <laughs> okay, and how popping you are if you oh want to include gosh. that. Okay, so, um, like it's been said, my name is Adam Sadbury. I'm originally from the Houston area. Uh, I was born and raised there, and I, when I was done with high school, I went off to the Eastman School of Music to begin my pursuit of flute performance. Gang, gang. and um from then i finished my undergrad and started a fellowship with the detroit symphony orchestra immediately (laughs) uh, as one of their african-american orchestra fellows it was a beautiful beautiful experience highly recommend that everyone applies if you are eligible i guess so with talent (laughs) you know just just do it do it honestly it's worth the time and um Following that, I began playing as acting principal flute of the Memphis Symphony Orchestra, and that's where I am now. I've been there since August, uh, and so it's uh, most of the way through the first season. It's the roundup for the stripe right here. I, I'm really not. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm trying to contain my excitement because what? Like, y'all heard? Th- you know what? I'm just. I'm just leave it alone. Y'all heard that? I'm just leave it alone. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> all. <laughs> okay. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in music? Sure. So I come from a musical family, although I'm one of the few people that are actually perform uh, pursuing a performance career. Um, on my dad's side, my grandmother was a music educator in the Houston school district and helped introduce the Suzuki method into the schools. Okay. So we got a little string life over there. And um, my aunt on the same side is an orchestra teacher in Houston. 
on my mom's side, there are a lot of just good voices. And, um, I also have a cousin on my dad's side that also went to Rice for Voice a bit ago and is just just kind of doing her thing. She's raising kids and living her dream. Yeah, that was like, I was thinking this. First, I was like, oh, okay, that's real cute. Yo, grandma, yo, me, ma, do stuff. But then he was <laughs> like, oh, and then Rice. <laughs> she, is she, is she it's hereditary. She didn't even really want to do classical stuff. She just auditioned and they're like, yeah, okay, come on. Let's hey, do the hobby. thing. Imagine if people's wildest dream is your hobby. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> she all right. <laughs> she killing. Okay, so tell us about, I know you said you came from a musical family, but is there any particular moment that you decided that you wanted to go into music? My Okay, so this is my, my sappy moment that everyone has when they hear or play something that was like too good to ever let it go again. Um, it was between my junior and senior years of high school. I was at the Interlochen Arts Camp, and the orchestra was playing Shostakovich Symphony Number no. 5, which is just, that's just one of the original bops for me. That was, <laughs> that was the first moment that I thought, oh, this I could do forever. <laughs> forever. I mean, everyone around me was just 100% into it, and I had never felt so much collective energy. So I... I just ride that wave. That's that's what keeps me going. Yeah, riding your wild success. I can imagine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be good. Okay. Um, what are some of the things when after you had that moment? What were some of the things that you changed in your life, uh, personally when you decided to pursue music? So it took a lot of organization at that point. Um, I had to figure out how I could focus on food while not, um letting go of too much but also you know making sure that i was on the track that i wanted to be so i was doing a lot of random stuff leading up to to food stuff like um whenever i was in middle school in the very beginning of high school i was just like finishing up this is gonna sound really random i was a competitive jump rover for a little while wait hold up like like jump in like double jump dutch? in like like uh yeah all of that adam i've been wanting Corbin. to jump double i've been looking for someone to jump double dutch with i miss Believe it or not, I was like top three in my middle school. Like, oh, double dutch. Like, okay. that was my thing. Oh. We got to link up. We gonna we gonna throw down. Oh my, we gonna God. jump up and down. Okay, yeah. I'm, we not we don't do no push up the the type <laughs> stuff. But yo, that was a good time. We we're on it. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> we're putting it in the calendar right now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, your calendar, mine's pretty open. So, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I will clear anything for this. Um. Okay. So, like you mentioned, you were a fellow with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your process for preparing for that? And, um, yeah, tell us about that. Sure. So, I was preparing for that at the same time that I was preparing for grad school auditions. So I was just kind of trying to tackle everything all at once. So most of the schools had um, a lot of solo repertoire requirements and maybe four or five excerpts max but you know the the dso fellowship thing was a full-blown list and there is mostly flute stuff but there are also a couple piccolo things so i had to have all of my all of my sticks and everything ready to go so um i had to learn how to be comfortable with playing a lot of mock auditions that was the big thing that got me ready for that audition because i knew when i walked on that stage in orchestra hall that you know anything could happen (laughs) so i was trying to troubleshoot along the way and just get as many nerves out as i could so um i would just walk into random people's practice rooms and be like hey you have a second i would just play for them take some notes move on to the next room you know just i just bothered people so much (laughs) i was annoying if you were to give a number like for the girls listening at home about how many mock auditions you took like what would how much you how do you how much you do reckon um i probably did something like 25 for that one yeah, and I played in studio class maybe one time, but I played excerpts for my teacher for like in every lesson for like three months <laughs> leading up to her. So it was, wow. it was extensive. Wow, I mean, you also weren't bothering them when you went in your practice room. So they were probably like, "People pay for this, Adam, a private concert." Adam, <laughs> listen, it'll be worth mm-hmm. millions one day. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can you tell us about um your time in uh in detroit once you got the fellowship and um and about how much your time at eastman prepared you for that opportunity yeah so the fellowship itself was a a, really a a beautiful experience like um the your experience in the fellowship 
depends highly upon who you sit with in a section and the flutists and the DSO are just like gold. They're amazing people and they're really encouraging and wanted me to succeed. So they gave me more opportunities than uh, maybe other fellows would have gotten because they just wanted to trust me and just push me forward. So um, I the, the season for a fellow is um, 18 of the 42 weeks of the of the Detroit Symphony season and of those 18 <coughs> they put me on principal parts for like six of those so they in the concert in concert like you they, they don't do this for everybody Adam you understand I'm just trying I, to make you get to get on the same page as this look I'm I just I really don't know what to say I just I, I just I have to say don't. I'm just uh, look I, I, I they were nice to me and I they trusted me and I just wanted to make sure that I didn't you know waste their time you know so i was i was just trying to go in and that was the the most pivotal thing for me just like trying to sit up there with with those players and just just be one of them and it was something i've gotten a lot better at because i was scared out of my pants like for for the five six times that i had to do that with them so it was it's a good experience (laughs) so you said 18 of your of the 42 weeks so what were you doing the other time you know Mm -hmm. i was either practicing for um, whatever concerts were coming up or I would maybe go take trips to get lessons with people out of town. Like um, I went to Chicago once to get a lesson with Mark Sparks and I went down to... Um, for those of us who don't know who that is. Sorry, he is the principal flute player of the St. Louis Symphony and also teaches at DePaul. He's also just known as like like one of the best flute players alive right now. He's he's a cat. Oh, birds of a feather. That makes sense. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It was... He, I learned a lot. <laughs> That's a good time. <laughs> Get out of here, right? The strike. You know that was strike one, two, and three, right? <laughs> this, uh, this um, humble stuff is really nice and cute. <laughs> okay, um, tell us about the transition from Detroit to Memphis. So you went from fellow to acting principal, like to me. That's a huge jump. First of all, the mm-hmm. there's a lot of huge jumps in your career, but. <laughs> It is. I'm not even trying to be trifling. That was mm. my one. That was your one free card. That was not a trifling thing. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll hold on to that one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um. But yeah, tell us about that transition. How you prepared for it. What does it feel like? You know, so stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I had to learn how to do was to just learn music way faster, way faster, because the Memphis Symphony season is 38 weeks, and it's we don't we have one. We have maybe one off week throughout the entire regular season between August and May. Then we have the whole summer off. So we're just like back to back to back to back to back. So um, I had to learn how to be really efficient with listening to music and identifying things that needed to be worked on and learning to maybe let certain things go that I know I can trust to happen. Um, Also, just mentally playing principal all the time was a trip. (laughs) It was a big trip. Uh, the The first thing that I had to do was just kind of learn to be okay with not getting things perfect because it's when the pressure is that high all the time like you you're just not gonna hit 100 percent um but the more i do it the easier it gets and the more comfortable i get which is something that is kind of weird because you i never feel like things are gonna work out the way i want them to but i i just slowly feel that things are going the way i want them to so it's um it's been a mental transition and also just efficiency, like just pow, pow, pow. Um, how, what was the orchestra's reaction to, to like your, f- like think back to like your first rehearsal. Mm-hmm. What was the orchestra's reaction to you? Go t- tell us like, like your thought process like that day. Like, do you remember that day? Like your first rehearsal or like, cause mm-hmm. like I remember my first day at Eastman, you know, it doesn't compare, but oh, like, uh, <laughs> like, just tell me about your, that first rehearsal and like the orchestra's reaction to that. So my first time playing with them was as guest principal the season beforehand. Um, so the program was. You left, you left that out. You just. You know what? I'm just over. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just okay. So That's I'm just fine. gonna keep going. So, <laughs> so the program was um, Beethoven's Fourth Piano Concerto and Rachmaninoff's Symphony Number no. Two and a contemporary work. I think it was like a, a Mason Bates piece, which was hard. <laughs> it was hard but um when i sat down in that seat for the first time everyone around me was really kind and inviting first of all which was really really nice because it helped me kind of get into the zone and not freak out too much about impressions first of all um 
but the the reactions around me were 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 good i mean the principal obos and i kind of hit it off right from the back like when we had like these these couple duets that were going on throughout the pieces like everything just kind of landed every single time and i didn't know why because <laughs> right. when you're playing you? this no <laughs> <laughs> no it was you know it's when you're playing with someone for the first time it yeah. feels random you know yeah. at least you know uh-huh. things were just working and um the principal clarinet player behind me he also had had like his child literally the day before this happened so he was kind of just rec- in recovery mode and just trying to just oh, wow. show up wow. for the for the part but things were still working well with him and um everyone else i mean essentially things felt good from the first rehearsal and i was like you know if, if this worked out i i wouldn't mind keeping this uh keeping this going for a while so it was um it was indicative of of the future potential Okay. Um, okay. Can you give us a rundown of like a typical day in your life? You know, when you're going to work and you know that's. Ooh, sort of thing. <laughs> it's gonna be boring. <laughs> it's gonna be real boring. Um, so I start my day around seven a.m. because I have to teach throughout a lot of the day. So you you teach in mm-hmm. in Memphis? Yeah. Like privately or? I teach for a program called the Memphis Music Initiative, which is a nonprofit that functions to just build the uh, the music programs in Memphis and just to give everything an extra foundation and just um, to usually set professionals either from the orchestra or people that have been recruited from around the country to just supplement and sometimes create their own programs within schools. So, so this, is a, this is a term of your contract? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, it's a Monday through Friday deal and it's about 20 hours of my week, so it's time-consuming, but um, wake up at 7, teach mondays through wednesdays from like from eight to three and then whoa mm, and then i have to uh get ready for rehearsals on wednesday nights sometimes so i'll have between three and seven thirty to like eat dinner and practice my parts get things ready and then we have rehearsals from seven thirty to 10 p.m um and then i just wake up and kind of do it all over again some days I teach less than others just so I don't go insane. Um, but usually it's it's just teach, <laughs> uh, play, practice, eat, sleep. And on the weekends, I'll, I'll throw it down a little bit because there's no other way to be a human being. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's things are a little more busy than I'd like them to be right now. But it's it's good for me right now to just learn how to ride the flow. Wait, so how many times a week do you rehearse with the orchestra? Uh, we usually have, I would say... F- on average, five services, so it might including be the concert, including services. the concerts. Including the concerts, yeah. Okay, so um, let's change gears a little bit, switch gears a little bit. Talk about being black in the profession and any adversity or struggles uh, you have faced. Sure. So this has always been a really interesting thing for me because I grew up in a predominantly um, white neighborhood growing up. Um, it was like half suburban but half really country. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff going on all the time. And because I grew up in it, um, I wasn't fully aware of exactly what it was until later on, like, especially when I got to Eastman, like that's one of ever, like my lights first opened up and I was like, Oh, things aren't supposed to be that way. (laughs) Like clearly I was aware that racism existed and microaggressions and everything were about, but it's my first time understanding exactly like the impacts that it had on my life. But, um, I remember being starting to do well with flute in high school and doing competitions. And there was one time when I was playing a concerto with an orchestra and afterwards there was a guy who came up to me and his reaction to my performance was, wow, when you first walked on stage, I thought you were a football player, but you play flute pretty good too. And (laughs) 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 so I was, I, I think my reaction was, uh thanks uh and i just Especially i just went off like, like well were you like in high school or something yeah like, what i was are you supposed to say to that i mean no and it's just some like random guy who was just he he had i don't know if he had any idea what he was saying or not but i mean that doesn't matter i mean the impact was like yeah. just invalidated everything i was just doing like the things that people think are compliments i'm like what are guys green and blue right so I'm going to be glad whenever I never hear that again. And that may or may not happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep holding on to the fact that being a part of this career means that 
hopefully other people like me will join in and it'll hopefully become normalized somewhere right. down the road. Because one day when he drop his um when he overdraft his account buying a ticket to the Memphis Symphony Orchestra, he he'll be like, Oh, there's Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm really nervous for that day because I haven't no one has said anything overtly ridiculous to me like that before. Mm. So I just wow. Okay, you talked about this a little bit, um, but I'm curious if you can just elaborate on how you balance your uh, your personal life with your duties at the symphony and uh, stuff like that. So I don't do a very good job of it. That's <laughs> to like be what honest everybody with. says <laughs> on the show. I, I really don't. Um, I think that my my major goal with balancing is just to not play the flute. <laughs> it's like I just have to do it so much to begin with that anytime I, I can't, I try to to make sure that happens so um you know I, I'll, I'll just do random things to to fill in the rest of the day like you know I, I might play a little bit of like smash bros and mario kart with friends uh-huh. to blow up some steam i might um go on the occasional run to remind myself what it's like <laughs> to, to, to stay in to stay in shape or or attempt to be <laughs> um on, and, lung capacity <laughs> yeah breathe <gasps> uh, <laughs> and um I mean that's that's basically it. I mean I'm just kind of jumping from place to place. Oh, also seeing concerts. I try to mm. take time out of my day to go watch other things that are not classical specifically. So mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of random live bands in Memphis. There's a really good um, scene down there that's that's you know both filled with a lot of typical Memphis stuff. So tons of soul and blues and also just random bands that are just like in the back of bars and stuff. So just just trying to fill in the gaps, you know, wherever they might be. Cool. Um, can you tell us about anything you have upcoming with or without the symphony? Um, the next big thing that's happening for me would be a recital that I'm doing with a friend in Seattle. Um, so that's coming up down the road. Dang, in I used to like put five dollars inside every check so I can afford that. <laughs> Get out of her, excuse me. Uh, I'm not talking about the plane ticket. Yeah. I'm talking about the the con. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the recital. Let me let me find the yeah. Plug so it. Can, yeah, so you can show up. It's uh, gonna be August 9th. Um, I I don't know the exact location yet, but it's with a good friend of mine, um, who's an amazing pianist down there. His name is Joseph Williams. He went to Oberlin for collaborative piano, and he's one of the most just innately just um, aware musicians I've ever worked with. So we're doing a program of entirely um, of entirely um poc composers so we're gonna be doing the work doing a little praise doing a little bit of shuffling just kind of you know just making music that's not my carry on and i have never been to seattle so my (laughs) could yeah i mean i'm 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 writing that down yeah actually i'm gonna make sure that i'm i'm there if i if i can be i will definitely be there you can i'll behave i promise because i'm not gonna make you you know (laughs) I do appreciate that. I'll behave up until like the final applause, and then we might get. Well, okay, I'll read the room. I'll read the room before I get ratchet. <laughs> I promise you that. Right, if you were um, like a cafe or something, I can't. Now, now we flipping tables and stuff, so <laughs> rightfully so. Um, okay. <laughs> I just have to accept it. You know, thank you. You see how life <laughs> is just like when you just accept that you're popping. Mm. But the thing, look, look. Okay, so. I want to talk about this. <laughs> I want to talk about this for a second, because if I ever tell myself that that I'm like what you all say I am, then I'm gonna stop caring as much and I'm gonna stop working as hard. So I I just have to keep reminding myself that like you know I gotta keep doing the thing. I see that, which extent. is why we do it for you, so <laughs> that you don't have to do it. No, I'm just kidding. But I see what you I see what you mean. Yeah, I would never speak about myself the way I speak about other people, and not mm-hmm. not like a terrible like I suck, but just because it's like first of all, life is a crazy thing, mm-hmm. like. It's crazy how quickly this life. I'm not talking about for you, like that's not. But it's crazy how like stuff can turn around. Like you were like, I really did that audition, like, and then the yeah. results come back, and you didn't even make past the first round. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I just love this. I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. We've been wanting to talk to you for so long. Uh, tell us where we can find you. Social media. You got a website. Um, place where we can like touch your hands. <laughs> Uh, my address is gonna remain unknown, <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram at Adam Happyberry. I'm on Facebook. You can send me a friend request. I will accept it. I'm always trying to expand that network. 
Um, I do not have a website. I need to work on that. It's about time. Um, and I have a, uh, I have a, a YouTube channel. I haven't updated in a long time, um, in a long time. So Come on. I, I have a collab. <laughs> <laughs> the the last video I put up was like a year and a half ago for my senior recital, and that's that's the last. Which but, uh, can we just talk about Adam's senior recital for a second? Because it was packed. <laughs> my mother traveled across the country to attend Adam's recital, and it was. I'm so glad we got there early. Because they had to, when I say y'all, they busted open a top level hatch. It they, it, you're right. I don't over here acting like I'm lying. I'm telling the truth. There were a lot of people there. there were a when lot. I walked on stage, I was literally in shock. <laughs> yeah, like, it could, I, I, I imagine, like, if he had no idea that many people were coming, you walk out and it's packed. I, I almost turned back out. I, <laughs> I was like, I, um, I, I'm. You know, I'm gonna play me out. <laughs> thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you for the time. <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. It's my pleasure. We didn't do too much. This this was acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> we gonna put that. We gonna put that on our uh, testimonials. <laughs> 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 this was acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, it was a pleasure having you. Everybody will link um, Adams instagram in the description so y'all can follow him and his youtube channel um and we're moving on all right thank y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top this week i'm talking about dr period amber seasick so uh amber is a violist period viola gang stand up ain't no more on the list viola nation said real gang amber's performance highlights include um performing with the leipzig academy orchestra um and the seattle symphony in a series of community concerts um her collaborative pre- uh, performances have brought her um all around the world um the Benaroya hall <laughs> Okay, master's degree. Uh, Kimmel Center, the University of Washington World Series, uh, the Riley Chamber Music Guild Series, the Karanga Lake Arts Collective, uh, the Arizona Box Society, the Mithau Valley Chamber Music Festival, and the Russian Chamber Music Foundation of Seattle. Um, Dr. Archibald. Uh, yes, Dr. Archibald Seasick Archibald. Archibald Seasick. You know, sorry. Dr. Archibald uh, was a member of <clears throat> the Young Eight String Octet, um, an all Afro heritage ensemble devoted to spreading a positive message to classical and hip hop music to underserved communities. That's what my type of carrying on. For real, yeah. Well, honestly, the baby like just contact me. We can make something work. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> your people call my people. Yeah. I don't got no people, so just call me. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, I love that, period. Um, she previously held the position of instructor of viola at Seattle University and was on faculty of the Burgess International Music Festival in Burgess, Spain. Uh, Dr. Archibald is currently um, adjunct professor of viola at Seattle Pacific University and works with the Los Angeles Philharmonic's Viola National Festival, um, which is previously known as the Kassan Festival, um, as the junior orchestra's viola coach. Um, Dr. Archibald is married to uh, violinist Irvin Lucas Sisek, and together they have the chamber music force, period, come on, force, um, Serna Bella, and are the founders and, and instructors at Sisek String Studio. Um, I just love Amber. We actually haven't met because we've kept missing each other <clears throat> since, like, 2014. Like, just kept i don't know but she's amazing i love her i love everything about her um one day we'll meet hopefully but um schedule is hard to coincide no she has a popping schedule that you also have so i do not have a i had a popping schedule in 2014 that's what i had that's why i missed it because i was popping yeah that's what that's what happened anyway a black violist a doctor we love to see it so period um but yeah she's great shout out to you thanks for being amazing and black and excellent you got a piece of the week sure do um difficult to say um what is it adagio melanconico and appassionato that was painless um by, <laughs> uh, by giovanni Vaticini is one of the many well, his first know. name giovanni 
Mm-hmm. That's cute. Um, <laughs> one of the many, you know, bass ditties that he wrote um, for bass and piano. <clears throat> Since people don't play this one as much, I think it's a gorgeous piece. So, I was at all? No. I would, you know, I've got, I have a tentative program. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not so, black, so. Yeah, I mean, there's of my program three out of the five are black four out of five depending on where you stand on beethoven so and only one of them is from the canon that's beethoven everything else is not it's not like weird sounding or anything mm-hmm. except for one of them i've actually there's two pieces that i'm planning to <coughs> play on my that i've actually never heard before because they're by black composers and you know it's hard to find recordings and even music mm-hmm. um for them but um one of them seems kind of has like some piano stuff where they gotta pluck inside the lid and it's yeah so <laughs> i'm excited to hear what that's gonna sound like um, oh you out here out here yeah so what did what did what did he say to me amari was like he was said something like certain new music is like the heavy metal of classical music and i was like i love that yeah, like it's for we someone. Were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're gonna see how it sounds. I'm put I'm putting it into a program on my computer so I can actually hear it because I'm not gonna learn it just so yeah. I can hear it. Glenny <laughs> told me she was transcribing and something No, I said notating. You know, you said with no okay, you said you were notating and something in me thought that she was <laughs> <laughs> listening to it and writing it down. And I was like, period. Yeah. When we start doing all that, yeah, I forget people use that word. I was, I would have said dictating, if that, yeah, but that's, that's also true. because I'm in theory, like that's just the word I associate with that. Mm-hmm. But the whole reason why I'm putting it in there is because I don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> I was like, ah, no, I couldn't actually. So, yeah, but my reset, my recital. Don't know where when it is, so don't ask. You could be leaking the recordings. I could be leaking. It. I actually will post the recordings if I'm okay with them, especially Period. only, especially of the black and because there's no recordings <coughs> of these pieces. Mm-hmm. That would be the only, re- and that is the only reason why I'm considering. Maybe we'll see how I feel at the time, telling people when it is. That is the only reason why. <laughs> Sound like a DMA thesis uh, dissertation to me. We'll see how I feel around the time. I that's only like, before I was even considering it. But we'll see. Because when's the next time people gonna hear that many black composers in Eastman's walls? Never. So never. So I wonder if we I would love to see the stats. How many black composers were played at Eastman? You can see in simply probably you could probably <coughs> search it up. I mean it would be hard to d- compile that just from like but so the, many programs. There, there's a way yeah, there's a way to figure that out certainly because it simply has all the recordings from every concert here. Because it's probably I mean, I, I, I would imagine all the black performers. Like, I know Vina did Florence Price. Mm-hmm. Did Jasmine do? No. You did. I did. Felstork. And that recital that we planned. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, that's it. If you, I mean, I'm sure there was other little whatever, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking large scale. Mm-hmm. Like, if... I think I want to say Wind Ensemble did something like maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. but like, and I I went to a Wind Ensemble concert yesterday, um, because it was mandatory. Wow. Um, what I said? Wow, that is why I went. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was a bass concert, so it was mandatory for me to go. But I was like, I appreciate the the um like. There was only, I think, one piece on there where the composer was not still alive. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate that for... Also, that's part of that is out of necessity because of, mm-hmm. the, like, wind band music yeah, yeah, for yeah. that type of wind ensemble mm-hmm. has only, you know, really been written recently. Um, but still, I was like, oh, I appreciate that. You know, they... Who does that? Scatterday? Scatterday, yeah. yeah. See? That's hard. So. Scatterday's that dude, like, period. But some of the stuff that they be playing really goes, like... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily <coughs> talking about last night, but I mean, I'm not not talking about there's nothing I didn't like, mm-hmm. but I put this one piece and like he quoted Bach in there and it's like, re- it was really cool. It was some, it was some dowardy piece, but yeah, it's but anyway, stay tuned. I may or may not, I mean, Marsada won't be for a long time. We'll live stream it from Classically Black's IG. Yeah, the same so. way we did yours. 
Remember mm-hmm. how trifling I was? But I live streamed you walking on stage and then you put your first note and I cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That's mad trifling. People see, people weren't checking for us like they're checking for us now. That would have been a problem. <laughs> that would have been a problem. I wish I had saved it. Dang, you ain't save it? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you have to set it up to save live videos. Yeah. That but- is tri- I, I probably do something similar. <laughs> It was so funny. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you when the mic's cut off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Listen, y'all, we have a good time. Like, honestly, it's just trifling stuff. I mean, most of it be episode releases, but honestly, just, you know, we have a good time. At Classically Black Podcast, if you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, an intermittent suggestion, anything to tra- troll Delaney. Because she's terrible to me. You don't see what she, I see. Yeah, but, but you're telling them to send this to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, so I'll just delete it. I mean, I'll imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Breach of trust. Classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. I tutelar.